welcome to the Tabletop Games blog topic discussion. Dying of exposure. When you're starting out as a freelancer, things can be tough. You haven't got any clients yet. You probably also have no prior work to show to prospective customers, at least no professional prior work. And you're probably still working out a few things to make sure you can work effectively and efficiently. After all, time is money. At least that's how it should be. In reality, though, as a new freelancer, you will probably charge less than other, more established people in your field. You might even consider doing some work for free so you can prove yourself to a new customer and also build a portfolio of work that is your track record for future jobs. That's all fine if that's what you want to do. The problem comes when an industry expects you to work for free or for only very little financial reward, or maybe for compensation in kind. I've seen quite often where a big company has put out job offers to illustrators, videographers, writers or others for no pay. The compensation was said to be exposure. The idea is that it gives a newcomer the opportunity to prove themselves, and it associates their work to a big name in the industry, thereby making it easier to get jobs in the future. It's exactly what I said above. Sometimes it might be worth working for free if that's really something you want to do, or if it's a project you're really excited about. However, there's a difference between a big company not offering payment for work and you offering the time for free. If a company is successful in getting its work done for free, it sets a precedence for other companies. It can become a trend and will make it harder for others to get paid for their due. After all, if company A got their project completed with zero budget, then company B and C should try that too. It'll reduce their costs, which allows them to either reduce the price of the final product, making it more affordable to the consumer, and thus potentially increase the number of sales, or the companies keep their prices the same and increase their profit margin instead. If a freelancer decides to work on a project for free because they want to and not because they feel they have to, then that's not quite so bad. However, it's still an issue because it also sets the precedent. It basically tells companies that they can get their work done for free or at least for cheap if they always hire people who are just starting out. I know the reality is that when you're new to something, you start on a smaller salary than someone who's an expert at something and has many years of experience. Yet, even if you're an apprentice, you get paid something, a minimum wage of some sort, or at least that's what you should get paid. Ultimately, though, what really irks me about all of this is the idea that exposure is a form of remuneration. Being known for something is great, of course. You're more likely to be asked for more work because people have seen another company trust you with their project. Exposure doesn't pay your bills, though. It doesn't buy food. It's not something you can use to invest in new tools or training or other things that would further your skills and move you further along the path you've chosen as a freelancer. The expectation that there's no need to pay anything and that exposure is enough is just wrong. It sets a bad example and will only drive down prices overall and most likely lead to a below-par result. Of course, I'm not saying that doing work for free will always be bad, but you're more likely to work harder if you get paid for the time you spend on something. Now I know what you're going to say next. I make this blog for free. I write a review and a topic discussion article every single week. I record each article for the podcast. I also film and edit the odd unboxing video. About every month I record a one and a half hour podcast and edit that too, all without getting paid anything for it. Well, first of all, I do get paid a little. My amazing Patreon supporters help me pay for web hosting and some other bits, for example. I've also been paid via Kofi before. So there is some payment, but I know what you mean. I don't get paid by the R or by the word or anything like that. However, I'm also not employed by anyone. 
I do all of this because I enjoy it so much. It's a hobby, even though I do approach it very much professionally. It also means that my reviews are independent because I don't get paid for them. Sure, I do get review copies sent to me for free, and I do say this on the review to clarify it, but that still leaves me independent. In fact, I do often send review copies on to someone else, so it's not like I end up with a game afterwards. Also, many review copies are often more like prototypes, and when I do get a production copy of a game, I never sell it on, so I don't profit from any of the games I receive. Yes, you could argue that receiving review copies creates a certain level of dependence, because if I write a bad review, that company might not send me any more review copies. However, most of the games I review I paid for myself or are friends copy, so it's not like I'm reliant on companies sending me free copies for the games. So it's not like I'm reliant on companies sending me free copies of the games. I can and still do buy my own games to review. Anyway, my point is that what I do for the blog is really just a hobby. Yes, I do have other commercial ventures outside of the blog, and these I do approach with a commercial hat on. But when it comes to the blog, I'm happy to do the work for free. I'm not employed by anyone, not even by myself, so I don't expect to get paid. However, if I was ever offered a commercial job and told there was no financial reward, but that the exposure I get from it would make up for it, I'd tell them to, well, to take their offer somewhere else. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games blog topic discussion podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode, as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me, and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my Patreon supporters. Royal Patron, Sean Newman Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor Dice Masters, Alex Bardi Paul Grogan and Robin Kay and Shining Lights, Gavin Jones, Sarah Reed, Richard Simpson and Tim Vernick